Welcome to Spread-Led Life with HMI. Stay tuned for an anointed word by Pastor Dion Hockey. We hope this session builds your faith. Hello everybody and welcome to today's program. I am Pastor Dion Hockey from Healing Ministries International. Looking so forward to sharing the word of the Lord with you today as we, are, as we continue to teach on the strategies of advancing the kingdom of God. I've been teaching you on how to advance the kingdom of God in the last three weeks. And I want to get straight into the word and teach today's lesson for you. And I think that the Lord will speak to you directly um, in this time. Let's pray together and ask the Lord's blessing. Father, we thank you that we can come together in the mighty name of Jesus, that we can sit before you, Lord, and that we can just drink of the living water. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you are here to teach us, to guide us, to lead us, to strengthen us, and to help us. I pray that you'll touch, Lord, all the viewers that are watching today in the mighty name of Jesus. I rebuke every demonic spirit. We rebuke every hindering spirit right now, Father. And we pray your blessing upon this teaching in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm so glad that you uh, are tuned in and uh, I want to remind you that you can follow us on Facebook, on YouTube, you can follow us on Instagram and uh, if you have Telegram you can even follow us there. We have so many programs and uh, different sermons and teachings available for you that you can find online. We have been traveling in these last few weeks and I've been preaching the gospel around uh, so many towns here in South Africa. And we have been witnessing a mighty move of God. We have, we have seen the Lord truly save people. In the last five weeks, we have seen over 500 people give their hearts to Jesus. We have literally seen blind eyes open. We have seen deaf ears open. We have seen the cripple being healed. We have seen demons manifesting and being cast out. And, uh, you know, the, the, the God of the Bible is still alive today. He is still real. And when I look at the Christians as we travel around and we preach, I have found apathy amongst the Christians. I have found a laziness. It's as if the internet church has caused people to become weary and tired and not wanting to go to church. Therefore, I want to speak to you today on the subject called pressing into the kingdom of God. We are to press into the kingdom. We mustn't be passive. We mustn't give up and become lazy. It is the time now to push in as hard as we can. I want to read you a scripture in Luke chapter 16, verse 16. And it says this, The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is pressing into it. Isn't that wonderful? It says, and everyone is pressing into this kingdom that is being preached. The word pressing into from the Hebrew word is the word biazo. And this means to use force, to apply force, uh, to inflict violence on, to force. This is what it means. And so when it says that we are to press into, we are to force ourselves into the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 11 verse 12 says this, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. 
Hallelujah. The violent take the kingdom by force. What does this mean? To enter the kingdom of God by violent determination, by aggressive, uh, aggressiveness in how to serve the Lord. This is what he means by the violent take it by force. We, as the children of God, are to be aggressive in our approach in serving the Lord. If we become passive and lazy, I'm telling you, the, the devil, as the Bible says, walks around like a roaring lion seeking those whom he may devour. So the devil is constantly looking for the weak Christians that he can pounce upon them. And when he has tempted you and when he has got you in his grip, he'll take you away from serving the Lord. That's when we, be, when we become backsliders. And when we backslide, you can know the fruits of a backslidden Christian. Number one, the first fruit of a backslidden Christian is he won't go to church anymore. They stay at home. They have too many excuses why they can't go to church. It's either too tired or too busy or they have too many programs running or it's the children or it's the work. There is always some excuse that people have. But uh, uh, another fruit of the backslidden Christian is they stop praying. They stop praying. It's as simple as that. If you don't pray, obviously, you're not going to build that relationship with the Lord. And also, they stop worshiping God. They don't listen to, to praise and worship songs. Uh, they'd rather listen to more worldly things than listen to Christian music being played. Uh, number four, they stop tithing. They stop giving. This is the fruit of a, of a backslidden Christian. But here the Bible says that we are to take the kingdom of God by force. In other words, you and I have to, with all of our might, turn to God and serve God diligently without giving up. Amen. I believe that a positive understanding of pressing into the kingdom of God is consistent with, the, with much of the scripture that speaks of our taking an aggressive approach to the things of God. If we remain passive, we become merely spectators. Isn't that true? That we, you find so many people, and this is what I find, is that people are watching church on TV, they become spectators, they become judgmental, they criticize all the time, and they themselves are not doing much to expand and advance the kingdom of God. This is what this teaching is about. For the Christian, for the church to expand God's kingdom. Listen, when we die, we can only take souls with us to heaven, right? So we have to try and win as much souls as possible as we can. I want to read a scripture to you, and I want you to listen very carefully. We find in Matthew chapter 21, and I'm going to read from verse 28. It says this, and listen carefully. But what do you think? A man had two sons. And he came to the first and he said, Son, go and work today in my vineyard. And he answered and he said, I will not. But afterwards he regretted it and he went. Then he came to the second and he said, Likewise. And he answered and he said, I go, sir. But he did not go. So which of the two did the will of his father? They said to him, The first. Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that tax collectors and harlots enter the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the harlots believed him, and when you saw it, you did not afterwards relent and believe. 
Isn't that a, a what a story the Lord is, is, is speaking and telling the people here? And I think it is so much um, for us in this day and age that we are. Here's the Father, our God and Heavenly Father. And God comes and he asks, well, referring to the story here, the, the, the father asks the one son and says to the son, listen, son, uh, I need you to work for me today in the vineyard. I want you to go out and I want you to work. And the son says to the father, he says, no, I'm not going to do it. I don't want to do this. But listen carefully what the scripture says. He repented afterwards. He went and he was thinking about, wow, you know, my father has done so much good things for me. And, uh, you know, how can I turn my father down for the goodness that he has shown towards me? I am part of his household and I should help to work. And so he repented. That's the big key. He repented and he went to work. Then the father went to the second son. He asked the second son and he said to him, son, I need you to go and work in the vineyard for me. And the second son said to him, yes, I'll go, no problem. But the second son did not go. He was found to be a liar and a fake. He did not obey his father. He lied directly to his father. And when you think about this, that we find today, how many people are sitting in church and who say they love God, they're going to work for God, they're going to serve God. But then in the end, when push comes to shove, then you'll find that they are not being uh, true to what they said. Let me give an example. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, we, we read the Great Commission. And we find that Jesus says the following. He says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now let me ask you this question. Everybody, when we, when we read this in, the, in, in, in churches, you will find everybody agreeing. Yes, amen. We have to go and make disciples. We must go out and reach the lost. You will even find this scripture in many church buildings. Put on these big posters, put on walls. You know, it even comes up in the, in, 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 in scripture that is being taught. And you'll find the people saying, yes, no, we need to go out and we must win souls. But let me ask you this question, you who are watching me right now. Are you one of those sons who said yes to Matthew chapter 28, but you've never actually went and fulfilled what you said yes to? Meaning this, how many souls have you won for Jesus in the last Six months. When we take this time period now that we are in, have you as a Christian actually led someone to Jesus? Now, I know there are some of you who would say, yes, I've tried, you know, and some of you will say, yes, I have. But the majority of Christians and every church that I go to, when I ask this question, how many of you, let's say there was an audience of 300 people, and I would say to the people, how many of you led somebody to Jesus in the last two weeks? Do you know how many hands will go up in a group of 300? Only 10? Maybe 15 people? Not even that much? How sad is it for me that there are so many Christians who believe in the great commission of Matthew chapter 28 verse 19 that we are to go and make disciples. Yet the disciples, that the, the people in church will use this excuse and say, 
It's not for me. I'm not called. Jesus only said that to his 12 disciples. He didn't say it to me. And they have excuses upon excuses upon excuses. And that breaks my heart because there are so many Christians today who say yes to the Bible, but they are not actually fulfilling the promises that, uh, that, that God has given to them. In other words, they're not doing what God has asked them to do. Which one are you, my friend? Are you the one who says yes to God but never obeys? Or are you going to be the one who says, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do this, but then afterwards you think about it and then you repent? You see, when I talk to you like I'm talking right now, the word repentance means to change your way of thinking. And I pray to God today that as you hear my voice, that you will repent Turn away from your thinking. I almost want to use the word stinking thinking. (laughs) And I want you to turn to God. And I want you to say, sorry, Lord, for being disobedient to what you have asked me to do. It is the most simplest thing the Lord has said was was to go and make disciples. And that was this word, go and make disciples, is meant for all believers, all believers. I want to ask you a question. Actually, I have three questions I want to ask you. But let's read the Bible first. In Luke chapter 5, verse 18 to 26. Let's read this. It says, Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and led him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. Now when he saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who can speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning? Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise up and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins? He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. Verse 26, are you still listening? Verse 26 says, And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear. Listen to this. They were filled with fear, and they said, We have seen strange things today. We have seen strange things today. My first question I would like to ask you as a viewer. When last have you seen strange things happen in your ministry? In your walk with God, in your, in your relationship with God, when last have you experienced the supernatural of power of God flowing through you? I'm not talking about your pastor. I'm not talking about the church where you are attending. I'm asking you, the viewer today, when last have you seen strange things happening? It should be a daily occurrence. In all of our lives, these things should be happening all the time, over and over and over. You know, the Bible says that these signs 
Mark chapter 16 verse 17 says, These signs will follow those who believe, that in my name, obviously he who believes in the name of Jesus, will number one, cast out demons. Isn't that, a, isn't that something strange to witness when you see demons being cast out? Have you cast out a demon? When last have you experienced that? Do you know how many people are in church today who have never witnessed a demon being cast out of a person? How sad is that? That you would even find ministers and people say, well, that is just something of the past and it's not for us today. I want to tell you, my friend, we see demons being cast out every day of our lives. We see it happening over and over and over and over. We've cast out thousands upon thousands of demons. And I'm not saying that because, you know, we are, we are more anointed than you are. No, the Bible says these signs will follow those who believe. I'm a believer. These signs are following me. So I want to ask you, when last have you seen strange things happen in your walk with God, in your relationship with God? And you know what, what the most people like to do? They like to hang on the testimony of other people who speak. They like to tell of, did you hear what pastor so-and-so did? Did you see what prophet so-and-so did? They like to do that. But what about you as an individual, you the viewer who is watching me? When last have you witnessed something strange something mind-blowing, something of the supernatural take place in your life. I want to ask you the second question, but before we do, let's read Luke chapter 7, verse 11 to 18. Let's read this, Luke 7, verse 11. Uh, it says this, Now it happened the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him. And the lodge crowd. And when he had come near, when he had come near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah, they come to the, 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 the gate, uh, you know, in the city, and here's a, a, a dead man being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. Now when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and he said to her, Do not weep. Then he came, and he touched the open cof coffin, and those who, were carry uh, those who carried him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, Arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak, and he presented him to his mother. Can you picture that? He has a funeral procession, and, and they're carrying this, this coffin with a dead person in, and Jesus walks up and he stops this whole thing. Can you imagine how offensive that must have been? How the people were grieving and crying, but Jesus just walked right up and he said, listen, don't worry, you know, everything's going to be okay, and he touches the coffin and he says, young man, and I say to you, arise. And that dead boy sits up straight. Can you imagine? I wonder if those people dropped the coffin, if they ran away. <laughs> I don't know if that, was, if that was part of it. But listen to what the scripture says. Verse 16 says, Then fear came, came upon all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen amongst us, and God has visited his people. Can you imagine that? The, a great 
fear came upon people. Listen, when we begin to see strange things happening in our lives, when we begin to witness the supernatural power of God and we begin to see the move of the Holy Spirit, there is going to come a fear upon the people. It is an awesome fear. It's going to be a fear of, of wow, look what God has done. You know, God's going to be exalted again. God's going to be magnified. People are going to see Jesus in action. So many people going to churches that are dead and nothing's happening. But here God gets glorified. Can you see that this is why we need to have signs, wonders, and miracles follow us so that God the Father may be glorified through His Son. But look at verse 17. Verse 17 says, And this report about Him went throughout all Judea and all surrounding regions. I'm asking you today, what report is going out of you? What are people speaking about you? What are people saying about you? Are you hearing me? Are you in such a relationship with God? Have you so pressed into the kingdom of God that when you walk in the streets, people know you for who you are, that your report has gone ahead of you, that your reputation has gone ahead of you, that people know you as a Christian, that the people know you as a person who is operating in the supernatural power of God? I was just preaching now recently in a town and uh, when I was preaching there, a man came to me and a man said to me, your reputation is running ahead of you. He said, you, the things people speak about you has been, you know, you are so well known even before you've come to this town. And that's the kind of thing that I like to hear is when people speak of me and they say, we've heard about you. We know what you are doing for the kingdom of God. And that's how it should be. We should be carrying a positive report. People should be familiar with the anointing that is on your life. What anointing do you carry? What report do you carry? Are you understanding what I'm saying? Let's get into question number three quickly. It is a familiar scripture in Revelations chapter 11, uh, 12 verse 11. Revelations 12 verse 11 says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Question number three, what fresh testimony, friend, do you carry? What fresh testimony do you have? Are you living on a testimony of something that happened to you five years ago or ten years ago or maybe even last year? Or do you have a fresh report? Do you have a fresh testimony on what God has done through you in the last couple of days? You know, there are so many people who are, who are living in the past. They can only remember the things that God has done for them in the past. They're not, they're not holding on. Uh, you know, they're not living for today. They're only living for yesterday. It's as if people have grown cold in their walk with God, in their relationship with God. My friend, I want to encourage you that when you press into God, make sure that you take the kingdom of God by force. 
Come on, we have to take it violently. And when you feel that you are backsliding and that you have grown cold in your relationship and that you are not hungry for God anymore, friend, that is the time to stand up and to take the kingdom of God by force. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you haven't, if you do not have an answer to these three questions that I've asked you, number one, uh, uh, saying that when last have you seen strange things, if you are not experiencing strange things in your life you need to ask why number two when last uh, or what report do you carry what do people speak of you and if you say well people aren't saying much about me then you should ask the question why are people not speaking of me you should be carrying a positive report you should be known for the things that you are doing for god and lastly number number three what fresh testimony do you have Friend, we have to take the kingdom of God by force. We must make sure that we stay close to Jesus in our personal relationship with Him. Are you backslidden? Have you grown cold in the Lord? Have you lost your, your first love? Have you lost your desire? When last have you spoken in tongues? When last have you witnessed about Jesus? When last have you laid your hands on somebody who was sick and saw them get healed? I want to pray for you today. And if you would like to give your heart to Jesus, if you would like to repent of your sins, maybe you've backslidden and grown cold, and you would like to turn to Jesus and you say, you say, Lord, I, I'm not pressing into the kingdom of God. I'm not, I'm, I don't have that, that, that desire, that hunger. My friend, I want to pray for you right now in the name of Jesus. I want you to lift your hands and I want to pray for you this and then I'm going to pray for salvation. Amen. Because repentance means to turn back to God. So Father, I pray for every viewer that is watching right now, those who have lost their first love, those who have grown cold, Lord, those who do not have a fresh testimony, Father God, those who are doubting that you even love them. I rebuke Satan now of every person watching, and I command the devil to take his hands off of every viewer in the name of Jesus. Satan, you are a liar, and you are the father of it. You will not steal, kill, and destroy any longer in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for every person who have backslidden, that they would turn away from their lost ways, Lord, and that they would call upon your name. Father, touch the viewers now. I ask this in Jesus' name. My friend, I've prayed with you, or for you, shall I say, and I've rebuked the devil off of you. Now, would you like to receive Christ again? Would you like to turn away from your wicked ways and follow Jesus? Come on, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And I want you to invite the Lord to come back into your heart today. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, please forgive me of all my sins. Wash me in the precious blood of Jesus. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that God raised Jesus from the dead. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my heart. I receive you now as my God, my Savior, and my friend. I thank you that I'm not backslidden anymore. I thank you that I'm born again. I thank you that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I will serve you from this day on, Lord, to the best of my ability, in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Father, I pray the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the fire and the glory of God to come upon every person now in the name of Jesus. Fill them, Lord. Use them, Father God, that they may press into the kingdom of God and that they may continue to follow hard after you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray this. Thank you, Father. Thanks for watching this program. We love you dearly. We'll catch you next week again. Shalom. You can make a difference by partnering with us, a ministry with a heart for the lost. You can sow or partner by visiting our website, dionhockey.org. You will also receive exclusive content from the ministry as a thank you from Pastor Dion Hockey. Remember to subscribe and follow our social media pages for updates, sermons, and more information about the ministry. Thank you for listening and see you next time.